Bellinger. And he pulls one into right center. Back at the track, at the wall, it is gone. Bellinger makes it to nothing. Dodgers here in the fourth of game one. And he is greeted by Betts, a shot into right, back at the wall, and it's gone. One pitch, one more run, and the first Dodger postseason home run for Mookie Betts, 7-1. to And that is why I have named both of my kids Mookie. I haven't told them yet, but I've changed both of their names to Mookie. Mm-hmm. There's a little Mookie and Big Mookie. Yep. But yep. Uh, just a tribute. Probably help him in life. The exciting Mookie Betts. That uh, home run he hit, by the way, was the first pitch the other fella threw. Hard to say who is humiliated more, him or Jeffrey Tubin. Oof. You hate to have your first offering removed from play. <laughs> <laughs> A big win from the Dodgers, but the plucky Rays, Jack, they're down but not out. Stay with us. God, if you're the star of winning a World Series for the Dodgers... You're set for life in Los Angeles. Well, going to restaurants. Oh, grand openings of this or that for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. If you're retired next week, you can sell your cars because people carry you through the streets. You can dine out on that, as they say, for the rest of your life. So uh, this is a kind of an amusing and not very sportsy story about sports. But Cody Bellinger of the uh, of the Los Angeles Dodgers the center fielder. <clears throat> no, Mookie Betts. I'm not naming my kids. Corey Mookie is my kid's name. <laughs> right. Uh, Cody. Cody. Uh, anyway, uh, he, uh, he he hit a really critical home run the other night, and, and they don't do a high five. They do like they slam elbow crooks together, like a forearmy thing. Is that a COVID thing or just a hot thing? I don't know. You know, the athletes with their, yeah, their crazy uh, rituals. Things, but, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so anyway, but everybody was so fired up, he did it so hard, he separated his shoulder. And he had to run down into the clubhouse and have it pop back into place. Oh, that's right. I've heard. I read that. And so now, when he does something great, he 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 scores whatever he trusts back, and they and they bump feet together <laughs> to protect his shoulder. And I was explaining uh, to Judy why that is, and why they're bumping feet like that. How do you bump feet? It's like is that well, like you stand boots? on the one feet? <laughs> it's different than knocking boots. Yeah, it's very very different. You can do this on TV, Mister Tubin. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you stand on one foot and you bump your your free foot. Okay, together. Uh, but anyway, is that going to be the new shaking hands? Maybe that'll be the new shaking hands. I doubt it. You just kind of go no, like that with our feet? no, it won't be. There's not a chance. So anyway, uh, I explained to him. Judy was like, "Oh my god, that must hurt." And I said, "You know what?" I think he'll be fine. He has uh, $20 million in the bank. He looks like a movie star, and he's one of the great baseball uh, you know, studs of America. So I'll bet he'll be fine. He is a living example of God's unfairness. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I to question the Almighty? I'm a talk show host. <clears throat> You're going to give him that much ability, that much talent. Okay. That's fine. I understand. But you got to make him that handsome? What is that? Speaking of Boo! God, uh, I want to hit this text because we mentioned that Rush Limbaugh announced earlier this week that uh, he is going to die from his cancer. You can no longer deny that. Uh, we got this text. I think Rush would think this was funny. I'm hoping you, you know, Rush, uh, met him once. But, uh, you know, I hope you do fine. I hope you live forever, but. Uh, if Rush died before the election, he should make his dying wish that Trump wins a second term <laughs> and see if people decide they need to honor the wish of a dying man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep, 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 yep. So uh, a couple of stories of note, not the same old crap you hear everywhere else over and over again. Uh, oh, and I should tell you, we're going to get... Oh, you know, we were talking sports. Why not? Hey, give me clip 60 here, Sean, would you? That's a lot of jet fuel just to do a little flyover. That's your hard-earned money and your tax dollars at work. That stuff ain't happening with Kamala Biden ticket. I'll tell you that right now. Whoa! What was so that? that's Troy Aikman and uh, Joe Buck on uh, one of the big NFL uh, broadcasts. They were caught saying that on their mics when they were off the air, I think, um, mocking the military flyovers that most of us have stir our patriotic hearts, love them, think it's exciting and cool, reminder of the prowess of our pilots and the might of our military and the rest of it. No, 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 no there's a nice reuse of your tax dollars. It's not going to happen under Biden-Harris. What? That's Aikman, Troy Aikman, who is dead to me, and Joe Buck, that's who a, is dead to me. That's a weird comment on a number of levels. Please. Um, well, I would start with they train all the time. I mean, I don't live that far away from one of the biggest Air Force bases in America, and these planes are flying around all the time right. as part of training. So if one of those is flying over a football stadium... Is part of your. We need to go from here to there at this time. What that that doesn't that that doesn't cost anything. Um, you're doing that sort of stuff anyway, so that that doesn't make any sense. Well, and I think everybody loves that. Then what? What uh, is there a belief that a Biden Harris administration is going to do away with military flyovers? They've been going on for that's for a, years. That's not an act of government, though. They're an advertising partner of the NFL. It's it's a. It's an agreement they have yeah. with the league. The, the, the government isn't that. involved at all. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a, yet another level that it's weird. But right, but uh, but the the the, mil- the idea of a military uh, jet flyover in general. I mean, there were some flyovers over the giant Trump uh, America regatta in San Diego that I was part of. Fabulous, stirring. The NFL wasn't paying those guys to do that. But what's the whole a uh, Biden Harris administration? This won't happen. Come yeah, on it, now. Sure, it won't. He what had a lot of talking? concussions as a player. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, you have, know, they, have they mentioned that as part of their uh, their platform? Uh, we'll put an end to flyovers at NFL games. Yay, you know, everybody cheers. I think the only proper response is STFU, you two bonehead sports idiots. Shut up. You do not know what you're talking about. Well, if I, I would hope that if I got caught with a partisan comment... When you're supposed to be a nonpartisan, uh, you know, uh, event, it wouldn't be something as stupid as that. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. That won't happen in a Biden-Harris administration. It sure won't. What? What? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> There's your tax dollars at work. Okay, fellas. All right, good. So, a couple of quick stories. Think you might find uh, notable number one: Old Diane Feinstein on the hot seat. A lot of people po'd at her performance during the Amy Coney Barrett uh, hearings. Confirmation hearing. I thought that that might just be some of your super out there Twitter people that were, you know, angry. They're always angry. But one of the <laughs> one of the main guests on ABC this week with George Stephanopoulos, she was part of that crowd. One of the Democratic guests was, and Diane Feinstein. We found out where her true colors are. I thought, what? Really? You know, listen. Diane has had some fairly ugly chapters very late in her career that I have not enjoyed. But in the main, for a very long time, she was a very bright, reasonable, moderate Democrat. 
She was the sort of Democrats Republicans hope are Democrats. She was a reasonable woman who loved her country. I've been saying for years. Loves if you, her country. She's still alive. If you lean right and you think it's a victory if Dianne Feinstein goes, you're wrong. Right. Right. Well, now... She'll be replaced by somebody way to the left of her. The far-left uh, militant types uh, thought that she was not nearly over-the-top enough during the hearings right. and then committed the sin of giving a quick hug to Lindsey Graham. They've been friends for decades or a decade or whatever it is. Um, and they're calling for her head. And the uh, utterly uh, vomit-worthy Senate... Mi- you know what? That's uh, prejudicial. Uh, vomit-worthy. That's, that's slightly uh, uh, unfair. Well, it's accurate, though. The vomit-worthy Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer said Tuesday that he has had a serious talk with fellow Democrat Senator Dianne Feinstein following the hearings. I've had a long and serious talk with Senator Feinstein. Do not hug people that have an R next to their name. That's all I'm going to say about it right now, Schumer told reporters. We are in such weird times where the majority leader has to, to satisfy the crazies. Yes. Say, I uh, gave a stern talking to... The chair of the committee. Yes. Because she hugged the other chair. You may wow. recall, well, and she wasn't brutal enough on Amy Coney Barrett. She wasn't spouting the uh, the line of uh, Rahm Emanuel. Gays are going to be back in the closet. Women are going to die in back alleys if this woman is, I mean, because Diane Feinstein has too much dignity to be that ridiculous. Who did I say, her say that the other day? Somebody else that I like. Oh, uh, Pete Buttigieg, who's usually reasonable and, you know, and tries to stay above this sort of crap. Right. Actually said on one of the Sunday shows, and my uh, my marriage to my husband will be threatened with her on the court. And I thought, that, wow. No, it won't. Even you are claiming that gay marriage is going to go away. There's no way that's going to happen. Not a no chance. legal nope. person of any kind thinks that's going to happen. But nope. We're close enough to an election that you say that out loud. You know, people say silly season about the, uh, the, the real guts of the campaign. I think we ought to start referring to Hunger Games Month. The last month of the campaign where people are like stabbing people who are their friends two hours ago and, and, and throwing heavy rocks on people's heads or pushing them out of trees and stuff. Uh, so Barbaric. Anyway, now, you may recall the Republicans shoved out their senior, uh, their chairman of the Judiciary Committee, uh, Chuck Grassley. But that was purely that he was so dang old, and they did it with dignity and, and gave him a, a nice face-saving promotion on another committee. And they just wanted somebody better. In charge, uh, uh, Lindsey Graham. But it wasn't that uh, Grassley was too accommodating or anything like that. Oh, and I promised I'd give you this. Maybe we can hit it when we come back. Do you remember Havana Syndrome? The term often used to describe that weird, painful ailment, like with deafness and headaches and all sorts of stuff that began affecting U.S. diplomats in Cuba. Been a couple of investigative pieces out by a couple of different uh, publications of fair, you know, reputation. Uh, trying to sh- uh, shed more light on what's happening. It's not psychosomatic, which at some point people are saying, yeah, people started hearing about it and started to imagine they were suffering from it. Uh, no. So we'll tell you about that and who might be behind it. Here's a little hint. Stay away from your window. Okay. Um, uh, and will you play that football, Monday Night Football clip again when we come back? I want to hear that one more time. We're getting a lot of texts about that. All righty. About the Joe Buck, uh, Troy Aikman clip. Yeah. 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 Stay tuned for all that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
a lot of jet fuel just to do a little flyover. That's your hard-earned money and your tax dollars at work. That stuff ain't happening with Kamala Biden ticket. I'll tell you that right now, partner. Okay, trying to figure out what's going on there. That was Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Uh, their mics were on and somebody recorded that. That wasn't during the broadcast. Well, it wasn't supposed to be broadcast. But it got broadcast right. out now about the military flyover there at the football game. So this is out. Sean's got a theory on this. He he thinks Troy Aikman was being sarcastic but is bad at it. I, um, I, I think Sean is right and I feel terrible. Donor information is out that Troy Aikman has made substantial donations to Republican candidates in the Republican Party, up to $20,000 during the 2012 election. I jerked my knee. He's not just a Republican voter. I'm a bad He's a person. financial supporter of the Republican Party as well. That would also explain why he said, did he say Harris-Biden administration? Something like yes. that. Because yeah, that's one yeah. of yes. the knocks that comes from the right, is to make it clear that, hey, Kamala so Harris is going to be I feel president. like he was being sincere. Joe Buck was trying to be sarcastic. A lot of my theory is on the basis of most professional athletes are morons. <laughs> And I don't think he understood the sarcasm that way. I think he was having a natural kind of dad reaction. I wonder how much fuel is used in a flyover. Or like, yeah, how do they get the grass like this over? You know, you just kind of observe things and you think out loud. It could be, yeah. Joe Buck being sarcastic. Oh, yeah, real good use of your tax dollars at work there. Uh, Troy Aikman, not understanding the sarcasm, said, you know what? That is a good use of your tax dollars right there. And you know what you won't see is that under a Harris-Biden administration, buddy, or whatever he said at the end. Huh. That's, that's my reason. So it was a little political argument. Not if they don't know they disagree. All <laughs> 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 right. Well, Troy Troy Aikman, like Lazarus and, and a friend of ours who died a couple of times and was brought back around by paramedics, uh, is alive to me again. We did get this text. Joe um, Buck's an idiot. But anyway. He was, remember the story when he was talking about he was addicted to hair plugs? Yes, I do recall That's that. a weird one. That's a strange one. He would he like had a few things going on, didn't he? Roll into town and try to get some more hair plugs right before a game or something. What a weird addiction. Hmm. Uh, we got this text. I just want a clarification. All sports crap can D-I-A-F. Is that die in a fire? Yes. Okay. That's unnecessarily uh, harsh, in, in my opinion. Hmm. Uh, let's see. So this, uh, those mysterious Cuba ailments, Havana syndrome, they're calling it. The New York Times and GQ have looked into that. Now, GQ does take attempts at serious journalism pretty what's, regularly. So they're not trying things. to sell me expensive shoes in well, this article? that too. What's, but the not best, this what's the best overcoat for fall? Do you have 10? <laughs> I don't, actually. Okay. Uh, and, and frequently, I find it to be progressive garbage of the usual sort in GQ. But I do find this interesting. And speaking of progressive garbage, you also have the New York Times. On the other hand, this is pretty compelling stuff. Uh, They're making it clear the best information that the intelligence services have and journalists have been able to collect is these uh, incidents have not been confined to Cuba, have been happening all over the world, apparently. Will you you remind me of what the symptoms were? I remember it said that you go... Yeah, it's funny. um, For some reason in my mind, I thought we thought it was a sound of some sort. How did I come to that conclusion? Kind of, sort of. You know what's funny is this is a summary of the news article and they skip over that, but I happen to recall that... It was uh, deafness, yeah. headaches, Made you go deaf. difficulty concentrating. Uh, it felt as if they'd sustained a head injury when they hadn't. Uh, but these apparent attacks have taken place all over from China to Russia, Poland, Georgia, the, the country, not the state, Australia, Taiwan, even inside the U.S. And that's the great mystery when, you know, it happens in multiple places is how could, you know, it couldn't be the Cubans getting you in China. No. 
Uh, All the evidence is pointing to Russia, with GQ noting that CIA investigators were able to conclude using location tracking data the Russian agents were in the vicinity when CIA officers were afflicted in some of these cases. Uh, Russia has a long history of using this sort of weapon. But but to to what end, though? I've always been confused by that, too. Were they trying something out? Well, they think in the case of the, the China stuff, they were trying to drive wedges between uh, Washington's relationships with Beijing and Havana. Oh. When we get closer to Russia's pals, it doesn't do Russia any good. Interesting. Because they're, you know, Russia is an interesting place in terms of its economic weakness and military weakness and the rest of it. It has a lot of nuclear bombs, but um, they're, half of the reason for their popularity is a counter to the United States. But do they know, is it a ray or a sound? Yes. Or? Well, they think so. The consensus is settling on some kind of directed energy weapon, probably using microwaves. Russia, again, has a history with such weapons. Forbes spins off the time story with an explainer. Um, they show a minuscule but uh, rapid rise in tissue temperature in some of the cases. And so, yeah, it looks like some sort of microwave weapon they've developed. Hmm. So my brain scrambled, but my hot pocket's done. <laughs> exactly, and and your brain is unevenly heated too. It's super hot on the outside and still cold on the inside. But. Before your kid enrolls in college, you should hear what we've got for you about uh, internships and whatnot, among other things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I know this is a, is a term that triggers people, but we're a racist society. What you have to do is you've got to confront the reality of what the outcomes actually are, what the experiences are in people's daily lives. And so, you know, for us in a school district, you know, racism is much deeper than this, you know, sort of does an individual white person not like an individual person of color so uh can you teach my kid to read and do math that's san diego unified vp richard barrera on how we're a racist society we'll talk more about that later oh boy that's the sort of thing you're being taught in a lot of schools certainly are being taught in college which is they're changing the grading structure because it needs to be less racist oh boy but uh not only that is that obviously uh leaking into your uh K through 12, but there's a heap and help of it in college, and you pay a lot of money to be told that in college. Yes. The Foundation for Economic Education, I don't really know their act, but uh, it's fee.org is their website if you want to check it out, and uh, a lot of interesting stuff in there. My kids, uh, both Mookies, I renamed my kids Mookies after, uh, both Mookie after uh, last night's World Series game. Yeah. But my two Mookies are 8 and 10, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, in my mind, they're not going on the college track unless there's a specific reason for it. That's just my current plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where the world will be by then. but If the university system exists as it does now, when your boys are ready for it, I don't know what I will do. I will give up. I will become some sort of a crazed militant. I don't know. It can't continue. The Foundation for Economic Education has this. A new report shows stunning success of apprenticeship program as college alternative. Uh, I'll read this to you. It's pretty interesting. The average American college student graduates with $30,000 in debt. And the cost of college has doubled since 1985. That's accounting for inflation. 
doubled since Well, that's 85. because information is so much less available <laughs> now than it was in 1985. Even, even if nothing had changed in the world, you'd have to say, why does it cost twice as much for my kid to learn about Shakespeare now than it did in the 80s? But the fact that it's every lecture on Shakespeare that has been given in the last 50 years is available on YouTube, right. it's really hard to explain. Well, those deans of equity and inclusion don't come cheap. Unfortunately, due to a lack of other options, many students feel forced into this expensive system even when they can't afford it or don't really need a traditional degree to pursue their future goals. Well, they've been told since they were little kids that's the only way to succeed in America. Barack right. Obama said as much, and he wasn't the only one. I'm not kicking him. No. It, it's been a uh, you know presented as a truism for, for, for decades. But an apprenticeship program, apprenticeship program recently profiled by the Wall Street Journal could offer an example for future programs to follow. It shows how to offer accessible, affordable, and practical job training to millions of young people our current higher education system is failing. It's known as FAME, the Federation for Manufacturing Education. The program was founded in 2010 by manufacturing employees struggling to find suitably skilled employers, or employees rather. It now works with community colleges and almost 400 employers across 13 states. Students of fame, which is a mix of new high school grads and older factory workers well into their careers, typically spend about two days a week in class and three days on the factory floor earning a part-time salary. They learn to maintain and repair machinery along with traditional subjects like English, math, and philosophy and soft skills such as work ethic and teamwork. After earning an associate degree, most work full-time for factories that sponsored them. Fame graduates fill what might be called gray-collar jobs, which involve both traditional blue-collar manual labor and the kind of critical thinking and communication typically associated with a four-year degree. The Wall Street Journal profiled one man who benefited from the program, Ricky Brown, a father of two and a high school dropout. He went through the program a few years ago. He now earns $72,000 annually working in an aluminum factory. There you go, Ricky. I wanted to show my kids anything's possible if you just uh, want it and try hard enough. He's not an outlier. Rather, his success story is emblematic of the program's results, broadly speaking. A whopping 97% of fame graduates said they made the right decision by participating. I'm sorry, what percentage? 97%. So I misheard you. Damn near 100% of the people who graduate, when you ask them afterwards, they say, yeah, I made the right decision. 81% of graduates said they would recommend it to a friend. That stands in stark contrast to some types of traditional higher education, a whopping 75% of humanities majors, and also almost the same three-quarters of social uh, science graduates regretted their education, according to... The survey. By the way, I need to point out that that's a whopping twice you've used the term whopping. Yeah, it's from the, uh, they, they shouldn't have used whopping twice in this article. They need uh, better editors. Yeah. But that's, that is a pretty stark contrast. You got damn near 100% of the people graduating from that thing said, I made the right choice. You got three quarters coming out with their humanities degree and debt and not making a living, well, that's part of the reason, Right. Uh, saying they, they didn't, don't think they made the right choice. But as a culture, we continue to say, if you don't pursue that, you're an idiot and can't make you're it. You're a loser. You're a loser. What is wrong with us? I don't us? know. I don't know how that got so you know ingrained what it is? in it's, our culture. It's, it's the, uh, for the umpteenth time, the funhouse mirror view of America you get through our nation's media. It was not terribly long ago, the vast majority of your perception of your country, your people, your neighborhood, your state, came through your own eyes and ears and experience. Now, how many of us take in a great deal of our perceptions through media? And I I understand we're part of that industry, but I'd like to think we're a little different than most. Um, That's not healthy. 
How could you live in a world where what you just described is true, and yet the vast majority of people still think, no, it's best to go get a women's studies degree? And if you go to a major university and you get that degree, people think, oh, cool. And if you said they're going to this thing to learn how to do air conditioner repair, would have think, oh, that's too bad. Yeah, they couldn't, they, well, they couldn't cut it. Yeah, that's too bad. Weird. So uh, just one more thing on this. Yeah, a a the, new study yeah. from the Brookings Institution provides empirical support for the program's ability to achieve results. Brookings com- leans left, baby. Yeah, and they're yep. left-leaners. It compared fame participants to a control group of non-fame participants of similar ages, demographics, and backgrounds who got... Um, you know, associate or bachelor's degree programs in a regular college. It found significantly higher degree completion and graduation rates among the participants of fame, and moreover, moreover, found big leaps in income for those who participated in the fame programs. So they're making more money, they complete their degrees, and they're happy they made the choice. Other than that, though, it's really a disaster. Other than that, it's a disaster. Yeah. And it's so- weird, because if you look around, I mean, I... I see a lot of people around here. I assume it's similar in other workplaces. I, I see when new people come on board and they're doing a pretty low-level cubicle job and they got a degree from someplace. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand how that's clearly a win. It might be fine, and I'm, I'm not saying you made a bad choice, but I don't, I don't see the clearly this was a good idea result right there. Right, particularly given the balance sheet. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I've never talked about where my kids went to college, um, and Little D is about to graduate uh, in December, and and I might I might go ahead and break my rule after she graduates, just because I really like her college. It's highly imperfect. It's a university, actually. It doesn't matter, but it's highly Was it imperfect. Donald Trump University. It is Trump University. Now you've given it away. <laughs> I've I've always wanted to protect my kids' privacy. Obviously, there's too many weirdos in the world, but she goes to one of the better. Uh, colleges that exist these days but having said that um and i'm happy with what she's learning she has some unbelievable professors i'm actually jealous but she's had now several internships with uh firms that are uh either uh somewhat or extremely aligned with what she wants to get into and the first couple were unpaid internships one turned into a paid part-time job she's now got a paid internship in her field she's paid rather modestly um because not every job is designed to support a family um including hers but she's getting immersed in it she is getting an education in what she wants to do a real world education in it she's providing some value to the company but being paid a modest amount because let's face it, she's still learning and and it's a it's a nice quid pro quo going on right now. The idea of internships, apprenticeships, um, what do they call it? Uh, uh, what was the, what was the term in high school? Um, uh, vocational education, mm. that sort of thing. That's great stuff. And I love this fame program because it also is giving the people uh, kind of general use tools to expand their horizon. They're just not teaching them to run a Quimwitz machine, and that's the only thing they need know how to do. It's a it's a nice, you know, set of skills you get. I love programs like this. I love our internships and apprenticeships, and the idea of getting some damn liberal arts degree is so overrated, unless you have a specific idea how you want to use it. Anyway, enough said on that. Uh, I want to get to the troubles in America's cop shops right now. Do you oh. get Trump steaks at Trump University? Is that what they serve in the cafeteria? Yeah, like every day, till you're really tired of them. 
Yeah, but you can w- wash them down with some good Trump water, so it's okay. Uh, so more on the cop shops and, and all sorts of good stuff. Uh, it's Trump water, Sean. <laughs> Uh, when you see the check engine light turn on, that's bad news. Uh, it's not like you're going to open the, your hood and see, oh, there's just a dead squirrel on there, and you hurl it aside. There's something <laughs> There's something wrong with your car. And it's always that moment that you realize, oh, my God, my car just went out of warranty last month. Well, don't worry about that sickening feeling in your stomach if you're protected by Car Shield. Yeah, you'll just choose your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and then get it taken care of. Car Shield has helped over a million drivers. That's why they're America's number one auto protection company. Super easy to sign up for and super easy to get out of if you decide to do that. Yeah, so give it a try. Car Shield has helped over one million drivers. That's why they're America's number one auto protection company uh, and a variety of plans custom fit to you. Not one size fits all. Just go to carshield.com, use the code Armstrong. Save 10% just because you know us. How about that, huh? Carshield.com, code Armstrong. A deductible may apply. Carshield.com, code Armstrong. Really don't like the way I smell today. What? As in, uh, I was getting ready this morning, and rather than, like, walk 10 feet to get my antiperspirant, my wife's was sitting there, and I used hers, mm. and I just don't like the way I smell. Mm. An aggressive scent. I need to smell more musky. Oh, oh, and manly. More like pine and tree sap. Yeah, exactly. I've never been so glad to be eight feet away from you. I don't want to smell pretty. Lady, lady, lady. Right. That's what I smell like. <laughs> and it's weirding me out. You know, it's funny. I wasn't going to bring this up, but uh, your your misery is nothing compared to my misery. You, you please. You're you're a lottery winner compared to me. I uh, I knew as I put my socks on this morning, I was making a mistake. I knew they could not stand up to my footwear. I knew they would sag. Can't stand up to my footwear. I knew. What the well, that, kind of shoes are you wearing? My shoes do not match my socks. I'm wearing the very short socks because I'm playing golf later today, and uh, and they're, they're quitters. They're not sturdy enough. That was was that uh, our and, old producer Scott's term for them? Quitters. Yeah. Socks that the elastics given out. <laughs> they're yeah. quitters. Well, these just they slide don't, down your feet while you're d- during the day. They don't have enough structure to stand up to the the shoes I'm wearing today. So I'm constantly chafing and that got that down around my heel feeling. And <laughs> I swear to, if there was some sort of DoorDash for socks, I'd pay fifty bucks for a pair of socks right now. Pair of good, decent American socks. Kids can run around all day long with their sock half off in their shoe for oh. some reason. I hate that feeling. I remember growing up in, oh my gosh, look at the time. We need to take a break. But uh, growing up in Chicagoland during the wintertime, we'd be outside playing in the snow all day long. And and I would be aware of it only dimly so, and I didn't care. My socks would be like <laughs> wadded around my the arches of my shoes inside right. my snow boots. I mean, they would have quit hours ago, and my feet are <laughs> wet and cold, and I got that quitter feeling going. At least you don't smell like a girl. Yeah, yeah. Sissy boy. Uh, what did you say you have for us? Oh, uh, the, the cop shops of America oh, are yeah. in a really poor state, and it is utterly predictable because just idiotic militants won the day there for a cup of coffee. In Minneapolis, citizens are suing the city because it's not safe. More to come. Don't go away. Armstrong and Getty. We are here because of people's safety. We are here because our leaders, our city council, our mayor have failed to protect us. That is what this lawsuit is about. 
We want law and order. We want reform. But we are in this city to say enough is enough. We have made the emotional appeal. We have demonstrated the statistical uptick. And now this is the legal action uh, option that we are exercising because it seems as if the city council cannot hear us and doesn't feel what we feel. Who dat? Those are Minnesotans, Minneapolisites uh, specifically, suing the city for gutting the police and leaving them unprotected, which is not shocking in the least. Well, I retweeted a video from a police internal affairs, uh, internal affairs investigator, a vet of that sort of thing, uh, talking about the arrest of George Floyd and him dying in the autopsy and the rest of it. It's absolutely worth a watch. Um, Derek Chauvin will be convicted of very, very little, if anything. Wow. Um, just, you know, a little preview. When is that going to come down? we have any idea? No, no, no. Um, they are going to string it out. I have a feeling as long as they can. But um, so it is utterly predictable that when the, the, the radicals and the unicorn riders of Minneapolis decided that they could just will into being some sort of alternative human reality where bad people and predators will not predate anymore if you remove uh, the watchdogs. If you remove the sheepdogs, the wolves will not eat the sheep. This bizarre belief. Are there bad cops? Absolutely. Cops agree with you that there are bad cops. Should we always be on the lookout for bad cops and help mediocre cops be better cops and praise good cops and have them train the other guys? Everybody agrees with that, including cops. But these idiotic defund the police policies yield Minneapolis or Baltimore or Seattle, where the big story is that Seattle police officers uh, are leaving the department in droves. Seattle, home of Chaz. Or do you say chop? Oh, there are also a bunch of Seattle business owners who are now suing the city for allowing the chop to do terrible damage to their businesses. Perfectly reasonable, I would think. Yeah, a judge just said, yeah, 100% it can go forward. The city tried to stop it in its tracks, say, no, no, it's unconstitutional. No, the judge said, no, no, it's going forward. Wow, that um, could be a huge uh, payout. It absolutely could be. Unfortunately, and- the taxpayers pay for it. And trust me, the business owners of downtown Portland are acutely interested in that as well. The nightly riotings, burnings, graffiti, etc. that go on in Portlandia. Another great unicorn riding downtown. Um, anyway, I had the uh, we have the the privilege of being in touch with a number of people in a number of cities, including a hell of a lot of cops who email, for instance, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Everybody, you're always anonymous. We have never gotten gotten a source in trouble in our entire careers. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. But I had the opportunity to correspond with a, a veteran of the Seattle Police Department who shared with me that um, when he passes by the room where you turn in your gear because you're retiring or resigning, he said it used to be it was a rarity. You'd see somebody in there. Now it's every time. Wow. Having said that. Seattle police officers who are leaving the department are doing exit interviews, which is the standard operating procedure. One retiring parole sergeant, been on the force for more than 20 years, said, I refuse to work for the Socialist City Council and their political agenda. This agenda sacrifices the health and well-being of the officers and will ultimately destroy the fabric of this once fine city. They asked, what factors had a negative effect on morale in the department? One officer... Uh, said the council wanting to defund us and gaining ground doing it. Rioters are not being charged, even when they assault officers. 
Another patrol officer, East Precinct, uh, 10 years of service, current hostile work environment, why he's leaving. In a precinct that is under civil unrest by a small group that is constantly committing multiple felonies and attempting to murder peace officers. When followed up with the question, what did you enjoy least about working at SPD? Officer said, I enjoyed almost every aspect of working with the Seattle PD itself. The one thing that I enjoyed the least was the handling of the last three months of riots. Uh, you know, the quotes go on and on. One more, a uh, canine officer resigned after more than 11 years, and those are highly trained dudes. Um, uh, some said if they're open uh, to working for SPD again in the future, if things change, say, drastically, one canine officer after more than 11 years said, I highly doubt it. Doubt it. You could pay me twice what you're paying me now, and I would not work for Seattle under this current political mayhem, Marxist collaborations, and lack of government and police leadership. It's an absolute joke and a travesty for the rest of the citizens here in this once beautiful city. I was talking to a, a police officer who had just retired the other day and uh, said he didn't realize till he retired how stressful the various situations were with this, all this going on. You're mm-hmm. in a no-win situation. Oh, my God, no. And at threat. Uh, for your life. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to try progressive politics in your town? You could, or you could just look at Seattle and Portland and San Francisco and Baltimore and, oh, we're out of time. Armstrong and Getty.